I, I got frustrated because I see that even I was putting a lot of effort in my hospital, the results are were not kind of uh, the ones that I, that, I, that I wanted, you see. And then I start understanding that uh, startups at the end are, are, are kind of vehicles that you can do research in a, in a fast pace very exactly. focused to, 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 to address uh, a, a, a problem, uh, kind of like really having like a, it's kind of like a very applied research mm -hmm. in order for have an impact on patients. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode. My name is Rupert. I'm, in your I'm your host in Delta. Today, we are honored to have a true innovator, Dr. Alberto Rodriguez Navarro. He's joining, with, he's joining us and he has more than a decade of experience in minimally invasive surgery. Dr. Navarro has dedicated his career to enhancing patient outcomes through cutting edge surgical practices. Dr. Rodriguez Navarro's commitment to research spans across various domains from pioneering new technologies to refining resource utilization. His current company, Levita Magnetics, Proprietary technology is poised to revolutionize the minimally invasive surgery, promising procedures with no visible scars, reduced pain, and accelerated recovery. Furthermore, Levita Magnetics recently received the FDA clearance for its Mars platform, for which we're going to talk about today. Dr. Navarro, welcome. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to, to talk with you. Thank you so much. And um, let's start. I, I, I want to learn more about you. Can you tell me a bit about like yourself and your background as both innovator and a surgeon? And what inspired you to start Levita Magnetics? Yeah, well, I am um, I am from Chile originally. Uh, my dad is from Spain. My mom is from Chile, but I grew up in, in Santiago in Chile. Uh, always, I always knew that I, I want to be a surgeon. I, I, I don't know why, but I always, I always liked that. So I did my my career. I trained as a, as a physician, this and a, and a surgeon. But I would say that with always the the I don't know the the impulse of how you can improve things. That kind of like I really enjoy kind of anything that you're involved. How you can do it better. So after after I finished my my surgical training, I started working in one of the busiest public hospitals in in Santiago. But also, I, I was involved in research, mostly in, in pain research, um, starting to think, okay, how we can have better outcomes in patients. I mean, because postoperatory pain is, is a big is a big topic. Actually, that was our biggest biggest problem because I was the chief of the ambulatory surgical unit uh, at my hospital, and, and we couldn't discharge patients the same day for for pain. And so that that kind of um, blocked us of doing more more surgeries and blocks on beds. So. I start working first on on how to manage um, postoperatory pain, and, and and it's very well understood that uh, incisional pain is the real problem after after surgery. So the the, the pain of the incisions, the cuts. So uh, I start working with a with a with a project in in Chile that was developing a new local anesthetic, kind of like a longer lasting uh, local anesthetic, um, and then a, a startup. I start working on on that project. I was the chief medical officer of that of that company, and we demonstrate that if you use kind of like if you block the pain, patient has much better recovery. So the, the incision is is kind of like the the source of pain, and in that process, well, my dad is a mechanical engineer, so we start figuring out how we can 
instead of like treating the incision of pain, avoid the, the incision. That is, it's, it's, it's kind of like simple, but take time to, to figure it out. And then we realized that magnets was a, was a very promising technology in terms that enables the surgeon to do the, the movements. And we can talk a little bit more in detail about that, that surgery, how, how is the fundamentals of surgery, how magnets enables you to do the surgery with less incision without, without compromising the capability that you need to move, you see, inside of the cavity. So that's why uh, we did a first prototype with my dad in the garage in, in Santiago. We, we did a first, the first patent and actually we started the company without many expectations, just kind of like doing this more for, for fun, more than really thinking that creating a company or doing something. And, and then um, when we have this kind of like early prototype, I realized that in order to really bring it to a, to a product, I needed to move to the US. So I stopped my clinical practice. I sell my car, sell my apartment. Uh, I moved to, to the Bay Area without almost knowing anybody. Um, and, and then I started the company here. Uh, luckily, being able to gather an amazing team because this is one of the topics that we need to talk that this, this is, is a team effort. You as a, as a, as a physician can just do a part, but then you need a team of people to, to in, if you wanna really uh, develop a product. Um, very lucky, we gathered the team. Uh, many people told me that was impossible that a first time CEO, physician coming from other country, develop a new technology for the FDA because we are the first ones using magnets in, um, in the world. Uh, but luckily we were able to navigate FDA. We create a new category uh, through the de novo process that is magnetic surgical instruments. And we, we launched the first product. And, and after the first product is launched, we figured out the combination of magnets and robotics was very, very powerful. So that's why we integrate this in the current, current platform that Mars that we combine magnets and machines and it's, it's a totally whole solution. So that's a little bit of like a super high level <laughs> summary of my of my of my life. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So you just told me that you had everything back home and you left that. You came to the US to the to innovate, to disrupt. You just like Yeah, yeah. And we can talk about that. I I, I took everything as a as a learning experience. Uh and, and you have to look at it like that. Uh, I took it and said, okay, I go to the US, I will start the company. Worst case scenario, okay, go back to Chile and I learn the process of being over there um, because I mean, I, I'm a surgeon, but also I'm a surgical endoscopist. So, so I have plenty of work back in Santiago, but I mean, luckily I'm still here uh, enjoying and learning uh, because I mean, this, this innovation has to be taken as a, as a learning, learning journey <laughs> because it's very, otherwise it's very stressful. Uh, so, so that's how I kind of approach approach my my life <laughs> wow so we, you, you started as a company let's break it down i think because like as physicians we get comfortable and like we just like although we suffer a lot from the deficiencies of healthcare and uh, we just like sit down and work in clinical practice and call it a day but like you wanted to take the the other path the hard path so what were the initial challenges that you faced when you started Levita Magnetics, um, especially of understanding the startup, uh, the ecosystem, like what what did you go through? Yeah, I would say that, well, I, I, I did some 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 um, academic research before 
I was a, I was a professor of physiology in the University of Chile, so I got some research grants. But, but I, I realized that doing research in universities is, I mean, it's very gratifying, but, but it's slow. And also you have to convince different layers for getting the resources. I mean, it's, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, with my clinical practice, I was very frustrated because we have a lot of patients waiting, kind of like what we call the waiting list for surgery. I and know. we were always yeah. doing, we're doing surgeries late on patients, kind of always, I don't know, we have mostly gallbladder patients that we always were doing kind of like acute cases because patients were waiting and get complicated. And actually we were doing as, as much as we can in the, in the hospital, but, but we were no resources. And it was not just surgeons, it was no ORs, mm-hmm. no, no beds for after the patient. So I, I got frustrated because I see that even I was putting a lot of effort in my hospital, the results are, were not kind of uh, the ones that I, that, I, that I wanted, you see. So that's why um, combining that, in in in, in academic research, you can do improvements, but it's very slow. Plus, I, I can't like agree a, more than that. I can't agree yeah. more than that. I mean, it's it's important. It's not that it's important, but 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 I'm very kind of like fast paced, and also you have to convince a lot of people in the academia. It's, it's, it's a slow process. Plus, I have like a really kind of figure out we have a problem in 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 our surgical kind of care of patient, and then I start understanding that uh, startups at the end are 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 kind of vehicles that you can do research in a in a fast pace, very exactly. focused to 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 address a a, a problem, a, a kind of like really having like a it's kind of like a very applied research mm-hmm. in order for have an impact on patients. So I, I figured it out that uh, so that's why uh, I mean I'm very lucky to have the support from my family, from my from my parents, and now from from my wife that. That, that that really support because this is a very intense intense path you have to really figure it out also your your you say like your social emotional part too but but i say like the the, the startups are are a, are a vehicle in order to do apply research that that reach rich patients and you can have like an impact on on society i can't agree more than that like and that's that's the same thing that i'm experiencing right now in academia I'm early in my career and I, I'm frustrated by many things in the healthcare system and I want to make a change, but like writing a paper is not enough and you need to execute. And that's why I find it very interesting in the health tech startup world is like the execution is there and you just, it's the best vehicle to make a difference. Although it's much more harder than writing a paper because like doing a research, like it takes lots of effort. It takes lots of time. It takes lots of, but I think what you need in, Re, like startup combines research, combines FDA regulations, combines networking, combines going to the market, and so many many things. Um, so we touched on uh, we, we earlier you talked about FDA and like you talked about how it was difficult to overcome the FDA regulatory hurdles. So getting the approval for a medic uh, for a device in the medical field can be significantly challenging. Um, can you share some insight and strategies strategies you've used to successfully navigate um, this aspect of entrepreneurship in healthcare? Yeah, that's a that's a very very good topic, and I would say that uh, my my suggestion is is anybody who want to do something new, get in touch with the with the FDA. I mean, you you need to understand that what FDA. I mean, you have to align your goals with the with FDA goals. FDA want to develop. I mean, and, and, and approve that, that that kind of like technologies reach to the patients. I mean, technologies that are safe. So you have to understand 
that you have to develop also something that is safe and effective. So you have to align your goals with the with the FDA. I mean, I, I don't see FDA as a, as a barrier. It's more like how we can work together to develop something that is safe and, and effective. So, so we really, when we, we, have in, we have a lot of interactions with the FDA and we really hear them because they give you a good guidance in terms of what is needed to, to really develop something that is, that is safe. You see, that is our, our common, common, common interest. So I don't see, as I mentioned, we, we, we in Levita, we don't see the FDA as, as a barrier, just as a, as a, as a sounding advice in terms of how we demonstrate and what we do in order to bring something that is good for, for patients. Gotcha. And as a physician entrepreneur, where do you see like the future of entrepreneurship um, in the physicians group? Like, um, do you see that more physicians are becoming entrepreneurs and bringing um, ideas to life? Or do you find that we still have like lots of way to go. I think that there's a huge uh, things to do. And that's what I, I really, really embrace what you are doing, because I think that we need to start bringing this, this topic to, to, to clinicians, to people who have real patient experience, because in my opinion, that's the most efficient way of developing real, real solutions. You see, there's a lot of, what do you say, difference between someone who has not treated a patient that they don't have the, the, the physician-patient relationship to really understand the, the small details that, that that relation entails. And and if you really have that deep understanding is when we can provide solution and really understand the problems. Um, so you can you can develop solutions that, that are that will work in the real in the real clinical setting. You see that is different when you do clinical trials or when you design things in a in a kind of like perfect environment, you see. So, so yeah, uh, I think that now we will see more, more physicians, my clinicals with clinical experience entering to the space because now you have more access to information and training. And also, I mean, the efforts that, that you are doing in, in terms of pushing people to, to go from their kind of comfort zone and move to, to the other areas. I agree. I agree. And like, it's, it's something also I see, like I think at least four to five startup pitches in healthcare um, every week. And uh, one of the main things that uh, I look for and the people I work with, they look for is like, do you have an MD at you, in your team? Or if not in your team, in your advisory board? Because like yes. lots of people bring an idea, come to the healthcare and they want to execute. But the question is like, first, like there are many hurdles, like who's going to pay for it? And is it safe? And is it effective? Is it compensate or does it bring an income that we are um, interested in? So it, it, it's much more complex and I completely agree with you. I think any startup um, should have an MD presentation like uh, in their team. And if like, I, I, I really, I, I really admire what you're doing because like you had everything figured out, but like you just couldn't sit there and see that's how, under efficient or underperformed things are, and you wanted to make a change through magnetic surgery. And that brings me to my next topic. Could you explain in more details what is magnetic surgery and how it's transforming surgical care for patients? Yeah, I mean, what we're doing actually with Levita actually even take a while for me to really understood what is the real impact. 
because what we're doing is is mostly bringing the capability of of using magnets in in how surgeons uh, interact with with patients. Uh, because what we're doing with magnets is mostly provide tools for 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 physicians to reduce the invasiveness. As I mentioned, this this reduce the the number of 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 incisions, the damage that you need to do in order to get access to the patient and perform the the procedure, and also enables you to do it in a in a fast and and more versatile way. Because current laparoscopic instruments, the the entry point really limit the movements that you 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 can do. The beauty about magnets is you can really move around freely. It's a, it's a very kind of in a paradigm shift in, in surgery. And that's what we are demonstrating. Because with the first the first product, the magnetic surgical system that we have done more than 6,000 laparoscopic surgeries in the US, wow. we demonstrate the, 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 the hypothesis that using magnets reduce, reduce pain. And also this reduction in pain has an impact in patients that is Less use of less use use of opioids. If you reduce the use of opioids, you have less less vomiting, less nausea, a shorter stay in the in the recovery unit. You also return to your normal activities earlier. You move more. So so we have data that demonstrate what, what we are saying. Because as I mentioned, I, ha- I I have a very scientific approach to 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 how we operate in in Levita, and 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 also being in this very close to this kind of like first launch of the product is that we realize that we can go to the next step. And if we, if we, if we incorporate machines to the use of, of, of the magnets, we provide besides the, the clinical value of, of, of minimum invasive procedure, we also provide the surgeon a capability of being full of control of the instruments. Um, you don't depend on the assistant so much. So, so you enter to the flow mode faster that's what we're going to demonstrate now in our next stage and make the surgeon more more efficient but we we can construct kind of like on 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 what we're finding on the on the initial stages so so yeah that's a little bit of like the benefits and, and actually also we see the the mars system another string stone we we want to keep innovating we we have very solid portfolio of new products that we want to keep developing in the next coming months and, and years what so when you were talking about the different types of surgeries can you give me more specific examples uh, where you've seen like particular remarkable outcomes using this technology compared to the old way of doing surgery yeah i would say bariatric surgery it's a it's a, it's a very good example of that because bariatric patients are more more risk patients. So if you control pain in a in a better way, you provide like a less invasive procedures. As I mentioned, patients start walking earlier, they move earlier, they start kind of like eating earlier because you use less uh, opioids after the procedure. So so you have a real a real impact and actually has been very uh, how to say very rewarding. That is not something that I, I, I we are seeing. We have a lot of anesthesiologists that I will uh, actually tell us. You see the patients move more. The patients look like happier after the, the procedure. I mean, that's- I agree, I agree. So, so, so it's very rewarding to see that you are bringing something valuable to to the surgical practice. I mean, in that aspect, I would say that always you have to be very uh, hard on your assumptions and really testing on, on, the, on, the, on the field. Uh, and it's very rewarding to see that we have a, an impact on patients that actually also is translated in- in uh, in research that 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 shows the same the same concept, 
So, so that's why we are very, very kind of like happy and rewarded that all the effort that you take in order to start a company, and we can talk about the details about that, that is very hard, has, a, has an impact, a reward on, on clinical practice. And, and that's kind of like close the, close the circle. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Like people underestimate the, the, how pain can affect patients after surgery. I didn't do yes. my training in surgery. I did my, internal, my, my training in internal medicine. And we were we get tons of consults from the surgical ward um, after they do surgery. And patient, due to pain, they stay in the hospital. They don't ambulate. They develop a urinary tract infection or they develop like a clot in their legs and then complicate with pulmonary embolism. Like, and it all goes back to the simple thing. Less pain, yes. better outcomes. Yes. Yes, it's I mean, that, that... underappreciated. I totally agree. Because, I mean, when you have a patient with pain, what do you use? You use opioids or you use a non-sterile kind of like uh, anti-pain, anti you see? And they have side effects. I mean, that's the kind of thing that people don't don't realize. So it, the, the point is how, how to the basic of what is the pain coming and actually it's, it's incisional pain that actually is very well understood from the transition from open surgery to laparoscopic surgery that the big benefit is because you, you have like less, less damage in the access. So let's keep pushing the boundaries. And, and that's why I see that magnets, it's a, it's a transformational technology and and luckily, we are seeing the 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 we have now proof of that concept, and we want to keep pushing this forward. Yeah, and I think you mentioned earlier uh, you, you you touched base about and congratulations by the way. I think you got FDA clearance for the Mars. Can you elaborate a bit, like upon like how the magnetic how Mars builds on the magnetic surgery? What what how Mars is different? And what are the benefits that brings to patients, surgeon, and hospitals? Yeah, I mean, um, mostly uh, our Mars system is a, is an accessory to our magnetic surgical system. It's the one that we got the the de novo approval a couple of years ago. So this is kind of like a, a, a extension of of our own uh, our own product that we currently have uh, um, indication for gallbladder, obesity surgery, colorectal, and, and prostate. And for, for patients with magnets, you reduce the number of, of incisions. Mostly we avoid the incisions that are in the upper part of the abdominal cavity that actually are the ones that produce more, more pain. So, so for the patient is less pain, faster recovery, and less scars that patients really, really value because sometimes we as a surgeon says, eh, the cosmetic part is not important, but actually, if you ask the patients, it, it's really important. It's important. So, so, so that's another advice is ask your patients because sometimes you say, nah, that's not important, but actually your, your patient is, is, is the one who is getting the, the treatment. So for them, that is, this is important. For the surgeon, as I mentioned, you, when you do the surgery, you need an assistant. And, and when you have a bad assistant, it's, it's horrible because you really don't see well. It's a stressful situation. You aren't responsible of the patient. So don't have a, a good way that, that that you see well or that they expose the, the surgical field well. It's, it's very stressful and, and, and impair your capabilities. So the, the Mars system gives you control of the magnet, give you control of the camera. That, that is the, the visual that you need. And, and you keep uh, in the stereo field. So it's, it's kind of like the perfect assistant that you need in order to do the procedure. 
that is is the is the right way for the surgeon to do it. Also, the camera is in uh, in the robot, so it's very stable. So so that the camera is not shaking. It does not get tired as, as the assistant or get yeah. distracted. So so it's, it's a better way for the surgeon because surgeons are like high level athletes. Um, they perform the better when they enter in the flow mode. When you but for entering to the flow mode, you have to kind of like have those things set that that looks minimal, but actually those details are when the surgeons perform the best. So the Mars system is is designed to kind of like give all this capability that the surgeon is full concentrated and what needs to be concentrated. So it's a better way for the surgeon to do the surgery. Um, for the hospital, well, we, we reduce the use of personnel on the OR um, because you have the, 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 the assistant of the, of the system. But also the beauty about this is that as the patient has less pain, also we reduce the care that you need after the procedure for the patient. So you need also less OR, uh, less PICU personnel, less use of beds in the hospital because we reduce the, the pain of the patient. And, and we also believe that, that as, you, as we bring like a, a, better, a better patient experience, that also benefits the, um, the surgical centers because we have the common goal to bring the best surgical experience for the patients. And we, can, we have kind of like a really way of proving that to the patient. And, and finally, also the MARS system is designed for, for ambulatory surgery because we're thinking, okay, how we can develop the, the tools for the surgery that is coming. There's a big shift in, 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 in major surgery to move to the outpatient or ambulatory setting. And, and our system is designed for that, in order to have a very fast turnaround, um, adapt to the workflow. So, so always thinking, okay, where the things are moving and how our, our solution is going for, for the trend that is moving. I really like how through your innovation, you're focusing on bringing something to each different party uh, that is involved because like lots of, uh, when, when I talk to, and that, 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 that shows like your experience and knowing how to sell something or bring something to the healthcare system. The healthcare system is very complex. And like, if, if someone comes and says, okay, so this improves the outcome for the patient and they stop and be marketing that product in the healthcare system becomes very hard because like, well, who pays for it? The hospital. What yes. is the incentive for the hospital to pay for it? Uh, although yes. like hospitals want to take care of patients, please don't get me wrong, but they also have to have a share, have a benefit of implementing a device or an intervention. And also when it comes to the pay physicians, you are, you are decreasing the workloads on physicians and you are making them to go to that flow state. And people underestimate this as well because like yes. lots of... I, I see lots of startups when they come and they want to sell something to physicians like, oh, this intervention helps you to do more surgeries. This intervention helps you to do more, helps you to see more patients. But pay, unfortunately, with the overwhelming workload for physicians, physicians are not that interested in seeing more or doing more. They are either want more efficiency or better outcomes. So I think it's it's very nice that you are bringing something to each one of the stakeholders here. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's funny because yeah, that that reminds me of a story that I mean I was challenging when I was doing my surgeries. I mean sometimes I take I don't know twenty minutes in doing a gallbladder, and other times I took I don't know one hour, kind of like a similar difficulty of the pro of the of the process of the of the patient. And actually, I say what was different. And actually, the difference was that for the twenty minute gallbladder. The, the the assistant was a highly trained surgeon, mm -hmm. a surgeon with kind of like even even more experience than me. 
And when I was taking one hour, it was because the one the I was being helped by the first year kind of like a, a medical kind of a student that I want to do kind of, I don't know, kind of like psychiatry or whatever. So, so that didn't like surgery. So you realize that 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 assistant is really critical for you. Uh, and this comes also to the team team effort that surgery is a team. It's, it's that you can be the best surgeon in the world, but if you have a bad assistant, that really impairs your outcome that is is in terms of like having a fast surgery enter to the flow mode and, and and perform well so so that's why also took me to to kind of was a big incentive of saying okay how we can do this better how we can improve the the surgeon to perform uh, a better procedure how, how we can develop technology to give the surgeon the best that they can express the best so so that's how we see things wow amazing um, when you were talking earlier, you also mentioned that you want to keep pushing boundaries. I was wondering if you, how do you envision Levita Magnetics continue to push boundaries and innovation in the medical industry in the coming years? What are the plans? Yeah, I mean, luckily, as I mentioned, this during these ten years that uh, that I have, I mean, I work almost ten years as a clinician, and now I mean, I, I have like ten years cycle. So after ten years of being kind of uh, involved in innovation, uh, we have a very solid team. I would say that I really, I really learned that you need to have a team that enables you to keep moving the 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 boundaries of what possible but also to be very close to, to the users. We are very, very blessed, I would say, to be working with the most renowned surgeons from, from here from the US, from Cleveland Clinic, from Duke, from, from Mayo. Uh, but also we have a lot of interactions with surgeons in, in from Chile that they are in community hospitals. So we took kind of like feedback from, from both and, and, and really develop products that, that, that can make this, the surgeon um efficiency better you see uh so so and also we have now the structure that does I mentioned we have a team that is like a multi speciality that we really can take those those concepts and bring solutions so so that's why we are very optimistic about our future we have a very solid pipeline of how we can keep improving the mars system with more hardware with more ai tools with machine learning with augmented reality i mean we are we are exploring a different different technology that exists outside, but we are we need to test it and 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 bring it to the OR. That is is a totally different level of of requirements. And well, we have the knowledge how to do it, so that's why we're very optimistic about about the future of our company. You mentioned several ways to improve the technology, which I find myself very excited about. Are you planning to implement this through? making those things in-house or are you thinking like to collaborate and do like um like seek help from people who have like already figured out the ai part and the machine learning part and robotics parts and partner with them yeah we're very open uh we we like to work with other people we like to collaborate always knowing that we're still kind of like a small a small team we're around like 30 people right now so we have to be careful trying to to be to 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 broad and don't reach staff, but of course yes we are actually now we are looking for 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 collaboration actually we are we are talking with different companies that they have different um, I would say capabilities than than us uh, in order to leverage because our goal is is putting products in, in the in the hands of of clinicians and 
And yes, of course, we, we try to be strategic in terms of how we use our resources and what we can leverage from other, other companies. Yeah. Can I ask you a bit questions about like the financial part? Because also you yeah. mentioned earlier that you are collaborating with surgeons with Chile. And that, that makes me a bit about wondering about the, the global effect of Levita. Um, how is the financial part, work, part works uh, when a hospital wants to implement this technology? And uh, especially like uh, I'm thinking about like second world countries and third world countries. Uh, is this technology affordable? to these hospitals to implement there? And are you thinking about going globally? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good, great question. And 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 that's the, the how to say, like a little bit of like a paradox stuff that if we want to reach that, actually that's our goal to, to with our technology to, um, to, to the countries that really need it, that actually are countries with less, less income. The issue is that you really have to make a solid, a solid business. I mean, uh, uh, because in order for for rich with technologies in markets that, that that has kind of lower income, you have to have a product that has like a lower lower cost. You only can get lower cost with with volume. And and how you reach volume? First, demonstrating that that the technology brings value or that you make a solid solid business in 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 the countries that have the bigger markets that is mostly kind of the U.S. and, and Europe. So it's interesting to understand that if you really want to reach as as we want to countries with less less income actually first you have to establish a, a solid a solid company that can really deliver and grow and and then you can reach to the other countries is the path uh, so that's why we are based here in the US uh, our first focus is the US market but never nevertheless our end goal is developing a product that is affordable all over the world because as I mentioned this improved the surgeon capabilities that you need surgeons everywhere. And, and it's very expensive to train surgeons and open new hospitals. So the best solution is, okay, take advantage of your, of your kind of like a more a, a, a lack of resource that is the surgeon. So make it improve. So that's the logic. And we want to have a huge impact outside of the, outside of the U.S. Uh, but we go step by step. You really need to understand how, how the products reach the market. And if you really want to have an impact outside of the of the U.S., you really need to understand the whole financial model that actually is 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 how real things happen. So so that's why it's, it's a lot of learning, and that's why I have been kind of like really studying the adoption of new technologies, how technologies really are successful, why other technologies has not been successful. Uh, so that's why you need a, as I mentioned, a kind of like a, a learning experience of of. Of, of the development of, of new products um, that is that is, is fascinating so wow and I'm I'm just listening to you and like uh, I'm just thinking about all the things that you had to go through to learn all the skills uh, that you have today and I, I think medical schools worldwide they don't do enough of teaching physicians about three important things one is like um, innovation the startup leadership uh, the second is finance, and the third is nutrition. I don't think like medical schools do anywhere in the world. Can can we talk about, uh, and this is something that is not written in the books, and that's why I love to host physician entrepreneurs. Um, can we talk about your leadership? You have a team around 30 people. And I noticed that through the conversation, you are always talking about we, the team, Levita. Yep. You did not mention the word I at all. Um, uh 
Can you tell me yeah. about your leadership style and how do you ensure that your style and values of leadership are integrated into La Vita? Yeah, I, I would say that it's a, uh, that's a, it's a great question. And I think that I, I learned that very early in, in my career as a, as a surgeon, because as I mentioned, you as a surgeon are kind of like the, the, the leader. But actually, if you really want to have an impact on, on outcomes or, or you want to improve the, the number of cases that you can do per day, it's a, it's a team effort. I mean, you, you do the surgery, but the, the process is a more complex process that you have. I don't know. You have the, the pre-op nurse. I mean, you have the, all the, I don't know, scrub assistant that if you have a bad scrub assistant also impair your, your performance. And then anesthesiology is super important. So it's everything that you're doing, even if you are kind of I don't know, the most visible and more critical maybe part, you are not alone, you see. So I really understand the team, the team effort. And, 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 and well, my experience also in the public hospital, we did something, some wonderful projects in a multi-team multi in terms of how, how we could improve the, the, the OR coordination. And so, so I really uh, embraced the concept that you need to bring people, treat them well in order to, to be able to bring ideas, to, to feel part of the team. Because I would say the, the, the magic, I would say, from Silicon Valley is that you really put the incentives of, of the people in the right way, kind of like really the, everybody feels that is part of what is happening. And that I would say that, that that's when you can achieve something that people think that is impossible, is when you, when you have people really engage in, in what you are doing. Um, I mean, we have multiple proof. I mean, many people told us that it was impossible to get the de novo from the first system, that was impossible to develop. A, a new kind of like robotic system. Uh, that, so we are proving that the most important is, is the motivation of the team, being very focused on their goals and, and believe that you can do it because many people will tell you that it's impossible. Uh, so you have to really uh, manage that with your team and, and keep pushing forward. That's That's great. And you were talking a lot about the team and the team effort. And that brings me to the next question. Um, if let's say I'm a physician and I'm on, I want to start a company and I have no idea like beyond the hospital and how to hire people, how to find the right people to add them to my team, and which is very tricky, what yeah. your advice would be? Yeah, as, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, you have to take this as a, as a learning experience that actually is not a minor thing because... I would say that in the in the medical school, they always train us that we are the 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 super smart that we know everything and and I mean it's true. I mean physicians are, are smart people, but but with very very technical in 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 kind of like I would I would say like very with with knowledge in a, in one area. This is a, a multi multi area, and you really need to learn from other people who has done it in other aspects besides besides just the pure technical medical. So my, my suggestion is someone want to start a company, start talking with people who has done it before. You see people who has experience developing companies, better if it's in the medical field, and start learning from, from them. And also, this is a very, how to say, like a self-learning uh, process. Start reading about accounting, laws, uh, how to start a company. There's a lot of, as I say, right now, there's a lot of information on the internet. You can find everything start learning about it and and you really have to kind of like take your ego okay you're very good for 
surgery. Okay, great. But now you don't know nothing about accounting. You don't know nothing about hiring people. You don't know nothing about um, fundraising. So learn, you see, but but kind of like take a, a humble approach to, to those without minimizing yourself, but really be open to, to learn how, how to do these things because a lot of people have done it. There's techniques in order to do it better and learn how to do it and then do it and figure it out what you did wrong, what you did good and keep improving. Are there any skills or qualities you look for when you hire someone in your team? Yeah, I I don't care too much about titles. I mean, of course, I mean, this is kind of important, but when I try to interview someone, I sometimes I don't even see the, the, the resume. It's just how you manage difficult situations, uh, what is your passion uh, for team team collaboration for us is, is critical. I mean, we have people in the team before that, that even they were brilliant, they they, they didn't uh, work in a in a team way and, and, and we kind of like kind of like take it away because because for us team team effort is is, is really critical. And and mostly people who are open to 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 move forward, they're hungry to do something, kind of because I really believe that when you have passion plus hard work is when you you reach new new levels of, of performance. Gotcha. And um, reflecting on your journey, is there like a challenging setback that taught you a valuable lesson um, that you like to share and how did you navigate through it? Um, if there is like one thing you that was very challenging when you started this entire company, what would it be and what did you learn from it? Oh, you know, we, we have had like many, many times that has been really, really challenging. Um, I would say the, the the most important is is really believing in yourself. I mean, be kind of when the, the the things are kind of like getting very very bad and everybody's kind of like a little bit of against what is happening. Really, kind of like take the things with calm. Don't 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 kind of stress and 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 get overloaded because it's it's very overwhelming. So you really need to take care of your kind of like mental health. Kind of take with things with with calm. And really, in the difficult moments, believe believe in you. You see, kind of like keep pushing, being persistent. Don't don't kind of like give up because in many moments it's, it's kind of like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Now keep keep pushing. Kind of like get relaxed and really uh, find the 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 motivations why you are doing the things. And this is a persistent game. And you will have like moments that are great, but other moments is very stressful, very very tense. But then the things get clear. You, you get a solution and you keep moving forward. So it's a persistent game. Um, and, and yeah, the, I just invite everybody to just do it. It's hard. It's not easy at all. But it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful, beautiful learning learning process. Are there any, like, last thoughts you want to share with our listeners about, like, Levita Magnetics and the Magnetic Surgery Platform um, or the future of surgical care? Yeah, I mean, in surgery, I'm totally convinced that it will be with with robotics. AI will have a huge impact, also, uh, and of course, magnets also will be involved in order to to do the process in a minimally invasive way. Uh, I, I think that more more clinicians need to be involved in in entrepreneurship, create more companies, create more products, because uh, there's so much. So many technology outside of the of the of the medical practice that 
if we know how to bring it, it will bring a lot of, of value to 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 us as, as physicians, but also to our patients. So uh, I kind of encourage people to to start thinking when they see a problem instead of like complaining. Okay, figure it out. How we can do it better? How we can fix it? What 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 I have seen that might will might make sense, and start a company or or join a um another company. I mean, really push for that solution, test it, and if it's good, I mean, keep 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 moving forward. But bring something new instead of complaining. Bring solutions and and there's so much technology. Uh, now AI is, is a huge thing. Robotics is a huge thing. So okay, thinking about how we can bring that to our practice and, and, and do our life better for us and for our patients. I can't agree more. I can't agree more. This the, the, I can't agree more with that. Like literally, I, if I see like, and the healthcare is full of frustration, frustrating things that we do on a daily basis. But like, if you complain for five minutes, you lost five minutes in your life. And like, doing something and bringing something to reality you don't make only your life better you make the tons of people's life better and the simplest example i always give like the the, the emr ui ux it's so unbelievably frustrating and if you take an apple phone and you use it it's so nice and so smooth like we have tons to learn from apple i think when it comes to structuring our ui ux in uh, emrs Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It's been valuable. I, I learned a lot. And um, hopefully we can through this bring more clinicians to entrepreneurship and making a change in healthcare because we need more uh, physician entrepreneurs. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, well, thank you very much for having me here. And we're totally in agreement that that's that's what we have to to keep to keep pushing. <laughs> thank you so much.